0: I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. On today's show, I'll speak with Stacey Proctor. She's the CEO of OPARC in the Inland Empire region with locations in San Bernardino, Ontario, Upland, and Rancho Cucamonga. For over 70 years, OPARC's mission has been to support and employ individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Stacey shares some of the programs that OPARC offers, the work experience they provide, and how they support local businesses. Here's my conversation with Stacey Proctor, CEO of OPARC. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So first of all, share what OPARC is. Give us an overall view, and then we can break it down into specifics.
1: Well, OPARC has been around for 72 plus years, and it's been serving the population of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. It originally started as families that came together who could not find services for their children in the Inland Empire, and it just continued to develop from there. As the children got older, so did the programs, and so did the people that we served, and so now we serve adults with intellectual developmental disabilities.
0: So again, it was by parents that needed something for their children, and so they created it themselves, and it has carried on. Let's talk about the different programs that are available. Is there several different O-Parks throughout the Inland Empire or Southern California, and you're one of them? Can you tell me how that works?
1: Well, we have our headquarters, which is located in Montclair, and then from there we have seven other locations. Three of those are Summit Services, which are behavioral programs. And then there's three others that are adult day programs, and then there's one that is for the more involved participants that we work with. They are non-ambulatory, nonverbal, or have other types of disabilities that interfere with their day-to-day life. Okay. Uh, Montclair
0: is kind of the the headquarters, and then there's like satellite offices. Is that where the San Bernardino and the Walnut, Ontario, Upland, and Ranch Cucamonga come in? Those are like satellite offices?
1: Yes, they are. I think you named them all. So let's talk
0: about some of the specific programs. What's your biggest goal, and then we'll talk about some of your biggest challenges, but what is the goal in the programs?
1: Well, the goal of the programs is to really help the people that we serve to reach their fullest life. Um, We could say fullest potential, but it's really their fullest life. And so recently, the Department of Developmental Disabilities developed this, what they call person-centered thinking, person-centered planning, and really what it does is it takes each participant on their own and looks at what are their goals. What are the things that they want to accomplish? Um, And it doesn't have to be like forever, it doesn't have to be lifelong, but it's what are those things that are most important to them now, what are the things that they would like to learn or do or participate in. And so they work that out with their case manager so that they have kind of like a life plan that is constantly fluid, but it's a life plan so that we can help them meet their desires. The whole goal is to help them become as independent as possible and to be thinking on their own, develop the soft skills so they can interact with people um, and teach them safety and just let them have a more rounded, more robust life. And we do this through a multitude of programs. Uh, Even though we talk about adult day programs and we talk about our business services, that's multi-layered, not just that title. There's a lot more that goes on within the day program. So, say somebody has employment as a goal. They may be in the day program for a regular program for part of the time, and the other part of the time they're out in the community volunteering or doing internships or work experiences that help them to determine what is it that they're most interested in and what is it that is a job skill that we can help find them employment within. Maybe it's retail, maybe it's you know, restaurant, maybe it's, you know, janitorial, whatever it is. And then once we know that, then we can help them develop their skills through our workforce development and training program.
0: Let me break that down before you go further. So person-centered planning was what you just described. That's where the The individual, maybe the family and the case manager all come together and talk to that individual and find out what he or she is wanting to do or where his or her skills lie? That's where it begins?
1: Well, yeah, that's the majority of it. I think the reason that it's most important that we do the person-centered planning is it's really focused on the individual and what is it that they want to accomplish you know so many programs there's a focus on well this is just the program and let it fit you into it this is more about you know this is you what kind of program do you want and so then it becomes very person centered and it helps us to focus in on skills that need developing helps us focus in on what's most important to them um so that they feel like their life is fulfilled and they feel like they're I guess what you call more normal, the more normal life that um, we would all hope and expect for any of the people we love.
0: Maybe more typical than normal. Normal is a tough one to describe. Let me reintroduce our guest is Stacey Proctor. She is the CEO of OPARC in Montclair. Tell me, what does OPARC stand for?
1: Well, OPARC, you would think it's an acronym, but the actual name, the letters in the name don't stand for anything. Oh, Okay. Which is kind of okay. it you know, kind of defies logic, but you know, in all the research that I've done, and this, the historians that I've talked to, is it's it doesn't you know the letters don't signify any particular thing.
0: Okay, very good. Well, then we'll move right on. Tell me what
1: Oparc Explore is. Okay, well, Oparc Explore is kind of a bunch of services that all center around you know identifying and giving opportunity to our participants to look into what they're interested in for work or employment or volunteering or community integration. And so we provide recruitment and placement services, on-site contract services, which is part of our work activity program, but a little over a year ago, SB 639 was passed, which does away with the 14C certificate program, which allows for what you would call sheltered workshops because there's a belief that everyone has the ability to earn a minimum wage. That's great in theory, but not everyone is going to be able to work at a capacity that would earn a minimum wage. Let me see if I can clarify that more. It's more of their productivity. So we can push people's productivity and they may get the 20 or 25% productivity which is not typically what an outside organization company or or other would hire them at $15 an hour because their workability isn't at a level that is affordable for them. So what we've developed is a our new workforce development and training program so that we can help identify where Their affinity is, where our participants' affinity is. Because as you and I know, if if we love what we do, we excel at it. And we work harder at it. And we're more productive. If we're working in something that we're not sure about, or maybe doesn't fit our personality, it's more of an effort. It's more of a job. It's more of work in order to do that. So we feel that they're going to be most optimized in terms of what they can accomplish if we can identify what's most important to them and what their interests are. So that's part of Explore. We do internships. We do community integration where they'll go to parks, they'll go to stores, uh, whatever it takes in order for them to understand, okay, well, if I'm in a public place, this is what would be acceptable behavior rather than me being in a public place and making a lot of loud noise or um, not recognizing people's personal space. Um, this is how you would communicate to somebody. So the Explore program is really giving all of our participants an opportunity to explore outside of OPARC.
0: Let me ask about the ratio. So when your clients or individuals are outside? Are they with a coach? And is it three to one, two to one, one to one, five to one? What's the ratio when they go out in the community?
1: Typically, it's three to one when they're out in the community. There are occasions where, you know, someone has a one-on-one ratio. And so if they're part of a group of three that's going out, then there would be the community coach or job coach that's with them. And then this one-on-one, I guess you would call it an aide, but we call them one-on-one coaches, that would be out there with the group. So it could be five going out in a group, two O-Park employees, and then three participants. And we call them participants rather than clients. I don't know. Client just has a negative connotation to it. In our industry, we refer to them as participants or people we serve. Got
0: it. No problem. Okay. The participants go out with their job coach, and maybe they go to the the same type of business. So the coach would have all three of them there, maybe working at a facility, doing their thing, and the coach is watching all of them, kind of keeping their hands on uh, as needed. Is that how? I'm just trying to paint a visual there.
1: So there's a lot of different ways to view this. So we have some major contracts where our participants go and actually work at minimum wage at these companies. And so the job coach is there working alongside them, but also helping them to stay on task. If they have questions, explaining to them, you know, what they need to be doing. Say they're, they're um, packaging something, and they have been packaging all along, these three items need to go into this bag, which then goes on to be sealed. And maybe what goes into that bag changes, so then that job coach is going to transition the people that they're working with saying, okay, that one's, that one's done. Now we're going to introduce these three other items that need to go into the package. So they're there to make sure that, A, the participants are comfortable, B, the participants are safe, and C, that the participants have those support systems in place to help them to stay with the workflow and not have any interruptions in terms of what they're doing.
0: Okay. So there's actually several different levels, lots of things going on in the OPARC um, overall. Tell me about some of the businesses that are involved or some of the work that the participants might actually engage in.
1: Well, if they're in our current work activity program, which is we're phasing out because Department of Developmental Disabilities has asked all of us in the state of California to move away from workshops. All of our participants currently in our work activity program are transitioning into kind of what we call braided programs. So they might have some classroom time. They're going to have community time. They're going to have time training on different potential jobs that they might want to do. And so we call it kind of a braided program. So they're not just a day program. They're not just in community service or in business services, they're in a multitude of services that gives them an opportunity to look at a lot of different varieties of things for them to do.
0: So I was kind of asking the types of jobs that they would be working in, maybe recycling or working in the yards or maintenance. I'm not sure. I was just trying to get the uh, some of the ideas of what the types of jobs that the participants might actually gain experience in.
1: Packaging, assembly, um, simple fulfillment, shrink wrapping, heat sealing, janitorial. We do have some contracts with water districts where we paint fire hydrants. We have contracts with some of the local colleges and universities where our participants work in a variety of jobs. They could be working in their cafeterias or restaurants. They could be serving. They could be, you know, helping to prepare meals. They could be dishwashing. It's just kind of wherever their skill set lies. You know, they might be involved in landscaping and maintenance, um, vehicle washing. So do they get um,
0: training first from your team and then they're able to go out? Or yes. So the training takes place um, on the grounds there at, at your facility?
1: Well, it can take place here on our grounds or it could take place out in the community where they go out with a job coach and learn as they're doing, so they get more and more comfortable with, say, it's fire hydrant painting. So we do introduce them to that here on site so that they understand safety, they understand how to protect other things from getting paint on them, they understand the proper way to hold a brush or to hold a roller, a paint roller or something, before they go out. Okay. And so they have those basics. Got it. And then once they go out then the job coach is working with them as they're setting up the paint-a-fire hydrant, what they're doing, how it dries, all of those things. So it's kind of like from start to finish. They're going to learn every little detail from start to finish. Got it. To all do right. any project.
0: We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, I'll continue my conversation with Stacey Proctor. She's the CEO of OPARC. You're listening to Lifestyles. We'll be right back. Don't go away. If you're just joining us, my guest is Stacy Proctor. She's the CEO of OPARC, and we're talking about services for participants that have disabilities and what we probably want to say abilities as well. Are we looking at individuals that are 18 plus, and this is what they have after they exit out of high school? Are they 23? Who's eligible and who are the participants?
1: Well, the participants are um, anyone that's 18 or older but typically we're not going to see adults come into our program until they have aged out of the system. And what that means is they can be in the school system up until 22 years, 364 days, then they age out. And so another program that we are in the process of preparing and launching is that transition program where it's 18- to 25-year-olds that's the biggest age group that kind of falls off. And what I mean by that is they come out of the school system and before the programs catch up to them, then they're at home or they're um, just kind of in limbo. They're not doing anything. No one's given them a clear direction on what to do. And that seems to be this kind of lost period of time. And so our whole goal is to focus in one of our programs, on that age group to help them leave school and go right into another program that's going to be able to help them identify, okay, now you graduated from school. These are all the other things that you can now be learning and doing and participating in, and your choices are are different. Now it's your personal plan, and we're going to help you get there through case management, through job coaches, community coaches, and just the general leadership of OPARC.
0: That sounds like a good plan. I'm wondering how you are at keeping a staff in this field, especially after COVID and so many changes. How have you been able to keep your staff going so that you can handle? And then I'm going to ask you about the number of participants that you uh, take care of.
1: You know, it has been difficult. It's It's not just our industry. It's Countrywide, people are just not, just kind of coming out of the fog of, of being in COVID. And so as we all know, there was the great resignation and then there's been this silent quitting where they're actually on the job, but they're just not doing anything or they're just not producing at a level that is acceptable. And so, yeah, it has been uh, difficult, but we have been very, very fortunate because we are uh, one of the premier programs in the Inland Empire, and we have a reputation of, you know, being the best. And so people want to be a part of the best and learn. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that we're not understaffed. I think this is going to be a dilemma for people in our industry or organizations in our industry for at least a few more years is... You know, we were all fully staffed and fully programmed before COVID. And then COVID hit and just for survival purposes of the organization and the fact that the participants weren't coming in to our buildings, we had to reduce our staff. So we've been, you know, having a lot of success in recruiting staff, but it's, it needs to be faster. Yeah, it's that old adage is it's not fast enough.
0: Right. I guess. Okay. How many participants do you serve, and is there a waiting list?
1: We don't really have waiting list, but what we are in the midst of, we, we serve um, about 750 participants uh, right now, and what we really are in the middle of is transitioning our participants from remote services to the more traditional uh, services where part of their time they're on site, and the rest of the time, they're out in the community. So there's a big push for them to be uh, community integrated. That's what we've been been focused on. And so by doing that, we have to hire far more community coaches and job coaches because they're going to be out in the field. If they're on site, there's, there's far more other staff members that can, can assist. But when they're out in the community, then it's that one-to-three ratio that is the most focused. They're still a one to three ratio when they're on site, but there's more staff to be working with them.
0: So you don't have a waiting list. And then I, I had asked who's eligible to participate in your program? Do they have to be regional center clients or just have a disability and they are entitled to uh, services from your organization?
1: Primarily, it's regional center clients um, that we receive, but we don't really have a private pay program for participants who are not part of the regional center. But for the most part, people with disabilities are introduced to the regional center at a very young age. True.
0: Okay. Now, wondering if you can share maybe some success stories that you've had or witnessed over your time with OPARC.
1: Oh, gosh. There's been a lot of them. So one of the programs that we started just a few years ago was our participant ambassador program, and so we've identified a few of our participants who really embody what O Park is all about, but they also have coupled with that the ability to engage the community and one of ours in particular, Kristen, has just really just accepted the whole role as ambassador. she takes it so seriously and she doesn't even have to be representing OPARC at a function. She she lives and breathes it every single day, no matter who she runs into, no matter what she's doing. She really, truly is an ambassador for OPARC. And so that's really helped her to grow her self-confidence, grow her interest of not just what's going on in OPARC, but what's going on outside of OPARC. She's participated in advocacy. And so that's something we hope we can do with everyone but it's finding those first few that are going to take the program and start it and make it their own and make it successful. We have other participants who were part of our work activity program and through training and through our workforce development and training program, they now are working full-time out in the community making a minimum wage, and they're just far more independent. And it's not just that independence is so important for them to be earning a paycheck. It's that sense of dignity and being, you know, just like everyone else and being able to collect that paycheck and be like their other family members and be able to plan. Like, you know, I have enough money that I can take my family out for ice cream or oh, nice. I have enough money that I can take my family to the movies. Right. And so to them, it, it's just so empowering for them and just makes them want to reach for more.
0: Are all participants um, eligible to receive your services, or are there some that are maybe more impacted by their disability and don't qualify? And by there, I'm talking about maybe some of those that might have behaviors. How is that handled there?
1: Well, we have three behavioral programs. And so most of their assessments come from the regional center because they have such a, you know, uh, wide variety of people with all kinds of experience and in licensing in terms of evaluating the participants and so we go from that and then our own interaction through our case management to identify you know where do they fit in our programs so we don't turn people away we just have to figure out where do they fit in our program is it a day program is it a um, part of our business services program is it part of our um, behavioral program We also have our Monta Vista site, which I alluded to earlier, is participants who have far more inclusions. It's not just their intellectual and developmental disability. It's also um, physical disabilities. It's language, lack of language. It's needing one-on-one aids. They're just more highly impacted individuals. So we have a whole program that is just for them.
0: Got it. Okay. How can businesses play a part? How can they either get involved to say, you know, we'd love some of your participants to try our um, career field or what's the process there?
1: They can contact us and let us know, hey, we're interested in, um, you know, working with some of your participants. Here's what we do. And then we gauge it based on the participants or our knowledge of their skill sets and, and their community integration, whether they could you know, be successful with that company. But to think, I think the number one thing that I want to, I want to say about this is I think there's a fear by a lot of companies that they're taking on a huge liability by um, hiring people with intellectual and developmental disabilities or anyone with disabilities. And the reality is they're not. What they're taking on is somebody that is going to be their best employee. They're never late. They, always work as hard as they possibly can. They want to do good, um, and they become their best employees. So to any company out there that's looking to have, you know, that person that's going to be that ideal employee, then they really should be talking to organizations that are working with people with disabilities.
0: I love it. Very good. Stacy Proctor is the CEO of OPARC located in Montclair. Stacy, thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for letting me talk about OPARC. To learn more about
0: OPARC, visit our website at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. If you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. Go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the link to share your story idea. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. Here's a teaser for next week's show. With the 95th Academy Awards on March 12th, I'll be speaking with Cal State University San Bernardino biology professor Stuart Surmida, and we'll talk about his involvement with Oscar-nominated Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, as an animation consultant. He's an expert in animal anatomy and paleontology. This will be my second interview with him, as we spoke in 2021 with the nomination of Pixar's Soul. For me, he's fun to chat with, especially since I love to talk about the movies. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org/lifestyles. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. And just note, I've been so much better about posting. It's a work in progress. You can also go to kvcinews.org slash lifestyles and click the social media icons at the top of the page. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, Natasha Coles, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Life Sales with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now.